what does Section 31 do? Apart from kidnapping Starfleet officers. We search out and identify potential dangers to the Federation. And once identified... We deal with them. Starfleet sanctions what you're doing. We don't submit reports or ask approval for specific operations, if that's what you mean. We are an autonomous department. Are you telling me you've been working on your own, without specific orders? Accountable to nobody but yourselves. to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series, Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence. Today, we're going to be continuing our discussion of Section 31. Like always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who's Story himself, Cal Jones. Hey, good evening. I am uh, not hearing myself because I'm on a different... Um, setup so kind of weird for me tonight but hey i'm glad to be here cool man uh we are glad to have you on again uh as well also we have the trek story in jonathan shorts how you doing man doing good man doing good glad to be doing another cast tonight been kind of looking forward to this all week oh awesome awesome and also with you there we have the stargate story in jeremy Barrow. how you doing dude i'm doing well once again i'm, I'm also glad to be back Glad to be doing this. Awesome. So what we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek. Guys, if you didn't know, Discussing Trek is part of a network. Uh, we do other podcasts, Discussing Who, Discussing Comics. And you can check out and find out more information about all of those shows by going to the URL discussingnetwork.com. So please head on over there and check out our other shows. If you're into Doctor Who, we are deep into the Doctor Who season. Female Doctor is awesome. So definitely check out that podcast as well as our comics podcast too, where we uh, will be talking about Titans here pretty soon. So I can't wait for that episode. So uh, guys, what have you guys been up to, man? What is going on in your worlds? Man, I am working. <laughs> That's about it. So what about you, Cal? What have you been up to, man? Oh, uh, dude, I think you couldn't have said it better. I mean, between Titans, Doctor Who, and Thanksgiving, uh, actually, I caught up on another show I had been meaning to catch up on that actually has a tie to Star Trek, because on the last two episodes, uh, spoilers to anyone who has not seen a TV show called Haven, um, William Shatner was on the last two episodes, and I didn't know that. So that was a kind of a cool surprise this weekend. Now, isn't that a sci-fi channel original? It is. It okay. is. And it's actually pretty good. It's not – it's it's actually pretty good. I actually watched all five seasons of it. So it's actually pretty good. Oh, wow. So I've never seen any of Haven. Uh, I don't believe. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely checked that out one day. What is Haven yeah. about? It's loosely based on a Stephen King uh, mini novel, and it, basically it's this town in Maine, and people have powers, and there's a cop that is trying to do something, and something happens every 27 years, and you'll go from there. So, Wait, is so that where I, the uh, people walk, wash up on shore? No, you're talking uh, about the 4400, I think is what you, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you're talking about 4400. No, what oh. is it? 
No, no, I don't think the forty four hundred really washed up on shore. They just kind of appeared in a field somewhere. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this one—that was actually a pretty good show too, by the way. But the one I'm thinking about—it is a small town. I think it's Maine, and this cop like gets a call on the beach, and there's people like mm. appear, and there there's time travel involved, and and powers. Anyway, okay, I'll look it up. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I digress. Awesome sauce. Uh, so, uh, before we get into our review of Inquisition, um, there is like no Trek news that I could find. So, do any of you guys have any Trek news or loosely related sci fi news that you want to talk about in this section here? Oh, they're getting closer to making a tricorder. Wait, again? This story comes out like every few years. <laughs> yeah, they've had three or four things that happened. <laughs> I think the it's somebody at MIT or something. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. The crossing. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're on a side note. Uh, but yeah, someone I think MIT or something has come up with something that, <coughs> you know, the last successful tricorder-like device, you had to actually touch someone's forehead and it took like five, four or five measurements. But now they've figured out something that like within a couple of inches. But I don't know if it's feasible yet. So interesting, interesting. Uh, well, uh, we'll keep our eye out for those technologies <laughs> in so the next speaking, twenty to thirty years. <laughs> speaking right. of tech, speaking of technologies, this is something that actually happened today. I saw on our friend Lee Shackelford's Facebook um, timeline that NASA had landed a probe or a, a something on the on Mars today. Maybe, I think. Yeah, yes, I did see that. I did see something about that. that. And they released the first image, I believe. Ah, well, cool. And it was mostly dust-covered, the the dust-covered lens and, like, a little bit of the ground that they showed. Well, then, we've already landed something on Mars, right? Right, there's, like... Two or three up there, but this one's go. I think it's supposed to go under, like it underground. Dig. Yeah, it has the ability to dig. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody sign a note for the Mars One mission? <laughs> Didn't Elon Musk say he's going to die on Mars? Is that that's like his yeah. plan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we got to have the Verderon array out there, so you know, got to. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we could be the first podcast to record on Mars. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how long it take for that episode to make it back to Earth. Oh, our children's children's children will finally listen to it. It's an episode of Generation, you know. You thought your internet speeds were slow because <laughs> you wait. It's like your next floor all over again. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Juno. Oh, y'all don't know about Juno. Yeah, I know, I know about, about Juno. <laughs> I know about Juno. Oh, man. So, guys, are you ready to jump into this review? Star Trek Deep Space Nine Inquisition, Season 6, Episode 18, which aired originally on April the 8th, 1998. This particular episode was directed by Michael Darn, Worf. So, guys, let's go ahead and get your high-level view, 30,000-foot view of this episode. Let's start with Jeremy, man. What are your initial thoughts of Inquisition? These are the kind of episodes like this for DS9 that made this show really fascinating for me. So, I, I really enjoy these episodes. And, I, well, the Dominion War arc as a whole, I enjoy. So, this this kind of made me 
this made me really enjoy DS9. Awesome. What about you, John? Well, of course, you know, I highly lean toward DS9 anyway. And I think this episode just kind of reflects the entire series itself. <laughs> like this is this is what you get. Like there's deep thought into the storyline. So and my opinion, like watching the Star Trek Enterprise episodes we reviewed the past few weeks compared to this one. Oh my those, god. It's, it's no comparison. It, yeah. I, I mean <laughs> like the discovery was like watching I, I, okay, I'll say it like this. Watching the not the discovery, watching the Enterprise episodes was like watching the Discovery shorts. And watching DS9 was like watching an actual D- Discovery pool episode. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. So uh, what about you, uh, Mr. Kyle Jones? What are your initial uh, thoughts? You know, I'm going to have to go with Mr. Jonathan Shorts by saying totally agree with everything he just said in the sense of it, 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 it just has no comparison in quality and story. Or, or actually, Enterprise has no comparison in quality and story. This just was so much better as a story than than what we've seen recently on Enterprise, in my opinion. So that's my overview summary. Yeah, I'm comparing a little bit different way. I'm gonna say, it, at the very least, the 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 Section Thirty One stuff on the Enterprise series is fluff. I mean, it's really nothing. They seem like they just mention it for nostalgic purposes. But here in this one episode, we are freaking, you get everything you need to know about Section 31 just about in this episode. A very, very good introduction to that. And I felt in this episode, we got like half Section 31, half um DS9 flashback. And not really a flashback because we didn't really go into particular scenes from other episodes, but they heavily relied on different uh, storylines that happened uh, in previous seasons on some of the things they were trying to explain and connect with Monsieur, um to possibly be a quote unquote spy. Uh, so I really like that aspect of the episode. And, 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 and just like what a freaking recruitment program, you know, <laughs> Jesus, it. This is like night and day for Section 31 in Star Trek lore, and they hit it pretty freaking heavy. So um, we'll go ahead and get into the episode. And uh, anything hits for spoilers, guys? Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. So we start off with Bashir prepping for this conference and, you know, O'Brien and this injury from kayaking or whatever. Uh, what do we think of like Odo's initial remarks? Cause I just thought they were funny. And have you guys ever experienced some of this stuff in real life when it pertains to conferences? <laughs> and maybe this pertains more to Cal because I know he does a lot of conferences. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you know, you you go and I mean, at least with mine, the, the HR conferences I've been to in the past for the most of of them have been where I'm helping put it on. So I don't get the experience of, oh, I'm just there to have fun kind of thing. <laughs> so but yeah, I kind of I kind of got that feeling whenever they were having that convo. 
so I, I I've thought about this. So I've been to a couple. Uh, did a IHOP conference, which was at the Hilton in Beverly Hills, which you Whoa. know was one of those things. It's like very very like like it was so extravagant and <laughs> that really the whole point of the conference. You know, they tried to tell you it was important information, and but really it was just a time for everybody to get together and live beyond their means and act like they had plenty of money and and, it, <laughs> and the IHOP conference always does the same thing so it goes to i think this past year it was in hawaii hawaii what <laughs> uh, before that it was in boca raton i think next year is going to costa rica maybe i don't wow. know uh i just come back from a conference <laughs> with my wife a real estate conference that was in washington dc and it was the same thing there. So it, it seems like everybody's conference is just a reason to take a vacation and go do something super fun. But what sucks about it is they plan all business all day, every day of the vacation. So usually it's a bunch of people sitting there, like hating to be there because they're ready to go do something else. Well, you got me half interested. I think I need to uh, go to more conferences. <laughs> I mean, you really should. It, I mean, it is an awesome experience. I mean, you just have to deal with all of the, like, we're going to pretend to be working here before we have fun. Uh, hey, Clarence, let me just be real with you. Stick with conventions. They're a hell of a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I can take the Odo side of it. In all the jobs I've ever worked where all my bosses have gone to conferences, they'd come back with all these great stories and they'll have all these gifts and all that. But like all of us grunts who stay behind, <laughs> you know, to do the work while they're gone, we still, you know, we get to hear about it. It sounds like a great vacation, but we don't actually get to have any fun with it. We just get to work a little bit extra hard while they're gone for a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so true. Cause uh, my boss, he went to a few conferences. Uh, I think last year with a, a couple in San Francisco, and I think one in San Diego. I was like, huh, can't you send one of us off to these conferences? They sound interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, that would be nice, but I just don't see that happening where I work. I'm <laughs> So what do we think when we hear this call for senior officers to the bridge? And have we ever seen anything really like this in Star Trek before where this outsider basically comes in and takes charge? Um, Outsider, I say that loosely because he's posing as a uh, deputy director, Sloan, a.k.a. Luther Sloan. Um, What are our initial thoughts on seeing this guy kind of come in and, and take over DS9? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was just, I don't know. I didn't read the Wikipedia thing before we got started. So I, I went into it blind. And from the very beginning, something just felt weird about this episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's hard for me to say because it's like the 20th time I've seen it. So I don't remember my first impression, but I, you know, you, you kind of know something is happening because you're the doctor's building up to go to this conference. And then he wakes like he wakes up, like feeling like he hadn't been asleep at all. Yeah. And yeah. then you notice and now they're getting a call to the office. And so, you know, something's weird. And yeah. then here's this guy in Cisco not having a intense conversation. So but. To answer your uh, another question you asked, this has happened similar, something similar, and was it TNG? 
Yeah, where the guy, I think it was Commander Riker's old captain, he had to come and take over the ship because yeah, yeah, and he yeah that and he was talking about how loose everything was run and all that. So I don't remember much about that episode. What about you, Jeremy? Any initial thoughts? Well, I'm like a, I guess you call me like a pop culture junkie. So the guy who plays Sloan, I have seen like dozens of other things. And every time he plays almost the same character. So when I first saw him, I knew something was up. <laughs> something something wasn't going to be right just because of the actor. And they got the right actor to play the part. Yes, but w- William Sadler. I just know. Yeah. But because I've seen him do this before, I just knew that something wasn't going to be right. You know, the whole time, and I was just waiting for that ball drop. <laughs> yeah, that guy, uh, William Sattler, I'm just now noticing he's in this show also called Power. Have you heard of this show? Uh, it's like a uh, show. Yeah. On, uh, yeah. I think it's on it Showtime. on After Empire. No, it's like on uh, Showtime or some some uh, premium. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, doesn't it have, doesn't it have 50 Cent in it? It has 50 Cent. It has... Uh, the Rock. No, the rock, the rock, no, the rock is not on there. <laughs> no, the rock is on something called Ballers. Oh, yeah, okay. Ballers. But but anyway, uh, he's like he plays his prisoner on that show, and I didn't even know it was him until I just looked at his IMDb. But of course, he's a lot older now. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Also, he's he. This dude has a storied history. <laughs> if you look right. at his uh, IMDb, he apparently I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Actually, <laughs> apparently, he's the president in uh, Iron Man three, and he reprised that role in Agents of Shield as President Ellis. Pretty cool. Yeah, he was on the blacklist. A uh, couple episodes there. Anyways, uh, yeah. But but my thoughts upon initially seeing this guy, I was like, this dude looks. Creepy. <laughs> he cannot right. be up to anything good, you know. <laughs> but yeah, right off, I mean, senior staff confined to quarters. That's just crazy. <laughs> what throw, what really makes you think something is wrong? And it I just it was hard for me to believe Cisco was going along with this and did not try to verify it anywhere. I don't you know, know what I mean? Huh. But to me, that's what made initially, it seem initially. believable, though, is that, I mean, what can he do when he has this supposed internal affairs? And you see this happen on cop shows all the time. The infer- internal affairs comes in and tries to, you know, find out what's going wrong in the department or precinct or whatever. So, I mean, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that someone would come in and try to figure out what's going going wrong in a situation like this. No. Maybe not at Star Trek so much, but it happens a lot in other shows. Yeah, it does. But I'm just thinking, like, just think of how Cisco's handled a lot of situations. And, like, it just, I expected a more stern Cisco from the get-go. I I, I think I agree with Jonathan there. It just seems out of character for him just to accept somebody coming in and, and kind of bossing around his staff without his approval or permission or, or what have you. Hmm. He just kind of came in and took over, like he didn't get older without, to, unquestionably. Yeah, and he didn't get older to look into this guy until Bashir was arrested. So, so you know, they they finally start getting curious after Bashir was arrested. But I would have thought, you know, Cisco would have been like on the phone with the Admiral, well, not a phone, on a right. hollow image or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> on a view screen with the Admiral saying, "What's going on? Why is I here?" Okay, all right. Look at this. So let's say 
the four of us are the three of the, I mean, the four of the people that are on the senior crew or whatever. I'm the one that did something bad. You guys have done absolutely nothing wrong. So we're confined to quarters. They want the three of you to be as honest as you can possibly be, but not be suspicious or et cetera and so forth. I, on the other hand, if I've done something bad, chances are I'm going to do something or try to do something anyway. What Where I'm going with this is I just thought that was really weird that they turned off the replicators. I mean, why not just take out the ability to make a communication device or to make a weapon and the food and et cetera and so forth is fine. Why did they have to turn it off? That just looked weird. Because it's, it's, and I could be wrong here, but I think it's like a standard interrogation technique to keep them hungry. Ah. Because, because if that, like the hungrier you are, the, the, the more you're willing to, to do what you can to get some food or to get some sleep or to get some rest. And that's just like that deprivation is part of interrogation. I, I, I get that. That makes perfect sense. Good point. Yeah, as witnessed by Sloan um, mentioning that well, we found out by the end he only got like an hour of sleep, you know. So just another thing to keep him keep the pressure on, so to speak. Right. But I'd be pissed too if I got <laughs> stones instead of my, the scones that I wanted because that's just not when you're angry. When you're hangry, you don't want something. You don't want to have to fight something to eat. Explain <laughs> hangry. Do you have to do you have to explain hangry? We shouldn't have to, but I mean, it's the combination of hungry and angry. <laughs> Somebody might angry. not know, you know, you got to explain. Hey, I didn't know. I was waiting to hear that. <laughs> Wait, you work in the food establishment and you didn't know what hangry was? No, I just called it stupid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. No, sorry, I won't let him live that down. It's okay. <laughs> I got you covered. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, what do you? What, so, so Sloan is adamant on um, accusing Bashir of being a Dominion spy, talking about this engrammatic dissociation slash brainwashing th- thing. What are our thoughts on? You know, the possibility of Bashir being a spy was it ever believable in this episode? At all? Yes. Because by this episode, you've already seen when he was captured by the Dominion and held with General Martok. And during that time, he had a clone on DS9. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. Uh, Changeling? Yeah. So, it's within the realm of possibility that, you know, it had to be important for them to put a clone back there and keep him. So it's in the realm of possibility that they changed him while he was in captivity or brainwashed him some kind of way and sent him back. Especially with him being genetically enhanced, his brain probably had the capacity to retain that much I guess brainwashing. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching here. Mm, No, I don't think so because you know, knowing it from the um background that you have that makes perfect sense knowing it from not really watching all of ds9 and knowing that we were reviewing something i went into this suspicious so i never thought that he was brainwashed because i was looking at where's section 31 
going to come in at. So I went into it being suspicious. Well, you know, uh, Voyager did an episode where Tuvok was brainwashed by a Bajoran priest who was part of the Maquis. So, and I I think that episode actually came on after this one, but having seen that one first, you know, it's there are different ways to brainwash people, and they might not even they may not even know it. So it's it was possible. I always thought it was possible. Yeah, and if our past is present, Vok Tyler Vok. I mean, he ain't know, you know, right. <laughs> he really didn't know. <laughs> oh man, Dude, that was extreme. <laughs> he had to break a neck before he found out. Oh man, <laughs> always come back to the neck, neck break. <laughs> so, to me, like one of the parts, you know, we 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 get the notion. You know, we find out this whole thing is a simulation, but but early on, you know, to me, it's very believable. And to me, like the part that really made me think or made me start to drop my head a little bit is when they're sitting in the interrogation room and 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 uh, Sloan is questioning Bashir and Cisco sitting right there. And and honestly, Cisco cannot defend them. I mean, Cause you know the dude lied about his genetics um, early on, his genetic engineering early on, and there's really no way to defend what he did. And he said, even said himself that if he wouldn't have been outed, he probably wouldn't have never said anything. And you could tell by the way he was answering those questions that he knew that's where Sloan was leading, and there was no way he could avoid it. But weren't all the questions – I mean, I know that's what you do in an interrogation, especially if you're trying to get a certain point across. But having said that, wasn't it kind of uh, catch-22, no matter – he was damned if he did, damned if he didn't almost? Well, you know, Cisco even said that was a circular argument, and there was just really no way to – yeah, I mean, you're, there, there was no way he was going to win regardless. He was either going to be accused of being a liar or be a liar. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to win an argument when you haven't really done anything, but you have to defend yourself. <laughs> like you, you know, what, right. what are you going? All you can really say is I didn't do it, you know. And to, it's like you can almost never win that argument, you know, unless you have like somebody who sat through it with you, or you know, was with you at the time of the murder at your house. You know, it's you. You can't really prove something you a negative. It's hard to. You can't do it, but it's very hard. It's like arguing with a stupid person. You just, regardless, you know, right or wrong, they're going to think they're right. And that's all. It's like arguing with a Sith. You either agree with me or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't agree with me, you have, well, then you might as well, you know, go do something to yourself. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you're just, I mean, there's just no, there's no winning in this situation. Yeah. And he knew that. He knew he was defeated going in. So let me pose a question to you guys, and it's something I thought about tonight. And I guess I haven't thought, I'd never thought about it before any other time I've watched it because, well, we, I wasn't reviewing it on a podcast. So this time I was paying a little more attention. So, in my opinion, so we know this whole thing was a uh, 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 um, simulation. Simulation. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry, I'm a little tired today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the whole thing was a simulation. So everything from beginning to the end pretty much was a simulation. So that means everything was put there by Sloan. In my opinion, 
when O'Brien secretly contacted Bashir and told him to watch your back, he's gunning for it for you. That immediately put Bashir in defense. I believe oh. if Bashir would have went back into the interrogation not knowing that, he would have been less defense less def wow, what am I trying to say? Defense defensive. Defensive, there you go. He'd have been less defensive and then he wouldn't have looked as guilty. But I think Sloan put that in there to make him defensive so he'd look more guilty. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Or am I just saying- too tired? <laughs> no, it makes sense. Entrapment makes- is what you're saying? <laughs> Basically. Right. Yeah, I guess I could have just saved all of the <laughs> <laughs> But not necessarily entrapment, but in a way to see if he could out-trap the entrapment or outlast the entrapment or how strong his mental <laughs> facilities were, perhaps. See, this is why DS9 is so awesome. It makes yeah. you think. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Wow. But yeah, that's, that, that's what I just... You know, the first time he talked to Sloan, he was very easy going. They had a great, you know, rapport with each other going back and forth. I think if he had went back to the interrogation like that again, it wouldn't have been an issue. But hmm. because he talked to O'Brien, he went back in with his guards up and he was ready to defend every question, every answer, you know. So what you're saying is O'Brien was an undercover hooker. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> That would explain the shoulder injury. <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, any thoughts before we get into like the final showdown there on the holodeck um, with with Bashir and Sloan? Any other thoughts of uh, anything that happened in the episode? Like, I just, I'm having a hard time thinking about like, what was real and what was simulation? <laughs> you know, like the whole pad and pencil thing. And why do we have a writing device on the pad? Oh, maybe it was like a. Uh, that, was what, that was actually a good question because I mean, he looked like he was going to write something on the pad. I mean, it I didn't like, look like a stylus or anything. It looked like it an looked, actual it like pencil. pencil. It could have been a stylus. Could have been a stylus. No, no, that was, that was before styluses, weren't it? I think there's been like three times in a whole Star Trek that I've seen where they've written, where they've physically written something down that wasn't already on a pad. So writing utensils just seem alien in this type yeah. of, you know, pardon the pun. It just seems alien in this this environment in this time frame. Yeah, yeah, I do so like. Now, I was, was going to mention real quick. I do like how when he came back to the room and he noticed the pad was not on the table anymore, it was back in his bag. You know, again, like you mentioned with the O'Brien call, it was just enough to make him a little more irritated and jumpy to where when he got back in there, he was going to be on full defense. So um, what I was wondering, like, was that a flaw in the simulation Ah. or was that designed to make him jumpy? Good point. (laughs) I never thought about the simulation. That's that's a good one. That's a good Hmm. one. I don't know. I'm willing to wager it was meant to make him more jumpy, to put him to make him more defensive. That's what I'm saying. Because now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm having a hard time thinking about like what was actual purposely simulated and what was like signs they should have told us. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, all right. Well, let me throw this at you. What if the simulation is is there, and if if it's run on person number one, they may not have noticed the the minor detail like the 
to, and I know that was catered directly to him, but maybe part of the test is not does it make you agitated, but do you even notice it to begin with? Ah, because yeah. it wasn't a, re- a recruitment ploy as well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. 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 And I will say what was brilliant about the simulation is how, you know, everybody's on board with him supporting him at the beginning. And by the end of it, all of his friends are against him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny when he took the walk of shame with the cuffs. Uh, Quark is like, we're all on your side. He, you're, you're innocent. <laughs> He's innocent, right? Yeah, right. He is innocent, right? Yeah. I'm like, Quark, I love you, dude. <laughs> did you find it cool that Cisco called the cuffs irons? Oh, did he? Yeah, I didn't notice I that. Yeah, just that. Like, I, I had to Google it because I didn't, I, I hadn't paid attention to that. And, uh, Memory Alpha says that that's, Actually, another name for cuffs is irons. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't know they did that in Star Trek. Okay, I got you. I got you. Like, I figured in Star Trek, they would say, like, anti-graph cuffs or or hollow links or not just irons. Yeah. And, and like, I don't think any of us could have made it through that simulation without going crazy. I mean, by the end of it, he gets uh, teleported to, uh, transported to Wei Yun's uh, ship fake ship and um is given the same spiel like that's like the ultimate mind expletive <laughs> i like yeah like man yeah. they are putting him through it if he wasn't genetically engineered it probably would have worked yeah he would have been broke but then we get to like the final part of the episode where uh bashir confronts uh, sloan head-on on the holodeck the Voyager holodeck, mind you. Um, if you didn't know, that's the set of the Voyager there. It sure was. Yeah. I did not notice it. Yeah. Was he on another ship? Yes. Yeah, I thought he was. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> they, they speak about it at the end that they don't know if they beamed him out. If they did, they couldn't detect the, the transporter beam. Oh, uh, yeah. Or they smuggled him out. They couldn't even tell which one, really. I guess Section 31 is that good. Which kind of goes back to your idea when we were talking about Enterprise about, you know, they just told them to fly in low. You would think you would think um, Section 31 would have some type of technology or something that would be cool right. and beyond. But, you know, maybe they advanced a lot in, in the next, uh, what, 100 70, years? Yeah, 100 years. 70, 100. Somewhere. Wow. There's still Somewhere. enough time for for them to develop something to... To, Something to better that. than follow. Right. <laughs> follow that comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, any thoughts on that last little um, meeting between Sloan and, and Bashir? Um, I'm confused about something. So my question or my confusion is, how did he remember? Did I miss how he was able to remember when he got back to DS9? that he had been abducted when they thought all this time he was gone, he actually did go to the conference. How did he remember that? Because I'm assuming he's not supposed to remember it, or, or, or was he? They never said anything about making him not remember. As a matter of fact, he uh, Bashir told Sloan, well, you know, what if I out you when I get back? And Sloan said something to the effect like, I don't really care. Yeah. Ah. And ah, I guess he point. just knows that they're so out of reach from everybody that like, whether you remember or not, there's nothing you can do. 
which makes oh, makes him sound even more badass. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <sighs> yeah, I love how Sloan makes the point to Bashir about, you know, he's like, what, you save what, a few hundred, maybe a thousand lives over the course of your career? And he tries to justify the existence of Section 31 because, you know, obviously Bashir is not having that. He's like, you know, um, working on your own without orders accountable to nobody but yourselves. Uh, that's not a good thing. There's no accountability. There's nobody. There's no checks and balances there for the amount of autonomy you have as an organization. And and um, Sloan just makes the point, says, look, we we are saving lives in the background. And I know we and I know we've talked about is Section 31 necessary before, but does Sloan actually win you guys over to think it is necessary? For me, for me, yes, he does. So I, I think it's necessary. Ah, that's hard for me to say. Uh, I mean, yes, it's probably a necessary evil, but maybe one I don't want to think about. So, <laughs> and that is the definition of Section Thirty-One. <laughs> All right. Well, then there you go. Well, I, I think it's necessary because they've kind of made themselves necessary. They've, they've, they've created themselves and they create situations where they're needed to justify their existence. That's my feeling. If that makes any sense, they've created their own market for what they can do. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think there just needs to be somebody at the top to, you know, have some type of um, control over them. Cause you know, I'm, any, any group like that can get out of control really quick, you know? So well, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a branch of our CIA that operates without oversight. I hope not. Unless something goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never. I. I mean, I just. I, I would think it would be needed. So, do you think there's a group of people that are above the president that doesn't have to answer to the, to the commander in chief? I wouldn't say above the president. I would say off to the side that doesn't worry about what the president thinks and they just Jesus. do what they have to do. That is scary, dude. <laughs> Listen, if you want to ask me my opinion of that, I, I think there's so much going on that the president has no idea or control of. That Are you has talking such about a, this president or any president? Any president. Okay. And I think I think a lot of that, I mean, even when Obama was in office, I think he kind of realized that when he got there. Because, I mean, he had, Obama had so many great things he wanted to do. And I think he got in office. And just realize how less of control the president actually has over things. I mean, you, yes, I mean, in the public eye, but I just, I think there's just things we don't know about that has more impact over our daily lives than we care to know. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's yeah, even. It's probably for the best. I think, I'm sure some of it's for the best. Let's hope. <laughs> you know, I think what's more, even scarier than the person in power that's, you know, up there and, May not be doing any everything that you love, but you can see him. You know right. he's there. You know he's trying to do his job, at least in some capacity. I think even scary is the guy that you don't know is behind right. there pulling levers, um, staring the ship. <laughs> that that's just scary to think about. You know they got that uh who was it, Jesse Ventura or somebody did a video called the Obama deception and I don't know why he called it that. It wasn't all about Obama. But he mentioned about the Bilderberg group and it's like a 
group that meets every so many years somewhere around the country. And he he's like out with a camera in front of this hotel in like Berlin or somewhere. And the night before this big meeting, there was a fire in the west wing of this hotel. And they had to evacuate everybody out of that side of the hotel and send them to another hotel because stuff was so badly damaged and all of that. And then the next morning, you start seeing all these limos pull up and people entering that side of the hotel. And he actually got a glimpse of people getting out of the car. And it was like World Bank executives and really powerful CEOs and politicians that are in high up in different countries. And, you know, why are they all meeting together here? And that's what they called it, the Bilderberg Group. And they meet every so many years around the world. Yeah, it's pretty much the people that's going to control the money. And if you control the money, you control the government. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have no doubt there are people uh, with a lot of money, a lot of power who are attempting to pull strings in the background that we may not know about. Uh, I guess the only hope is that they aren't able to do it as effectively as they might want to. But who knows? Who knows? But anyway, uh, we're ready to wrap things up here. Um, Not I just want to make one point that we're we're openly talking about government conspiracy theories <laughs> on a podcast that will be published later. So if somebody goes missing, <laughs> I will point directly to this podcast as Thank a culprit. You, <laughs> you notice you Kyle got, got Kyle got <laughs> right. Yeah, I did notice that. Because <laughs> I'm like, so oh I'm, crap! So I'm the good. government's listing right now. <laughs> I, Jeremy, I apologize for this previous conversation. Really? You just gonna throw me under the bus? <laughs> Look, all I want to do is live long and prosper. That's all I care. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 look, look, we're talking about Section 31. If they're not already foregone the temporal prime directive to come back and kill us all, you know, I think we'll be all right. Bingo. Well, I mean, if there is something to be said. If my future self hasn't come back in time and told me not to do it, it can't be all bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh. oh, yeah. So, guys, uh, thank you all for joining. Let's go around the horn and see if anybody has parting gifts. Anything podcast related or otherwise. Let's start with you, John. What's up, man? Oh man. Nothing. I don't have anything. Sorry. I'm just boring like that. It's holiday season. I do a lot of work. <laughs> but on the bright side, I've lost like forty pounds in the past three weeks. What? Dang. Congrats, dude. Congrats. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in such short <laughs> time amount of time. <laughs> well, I'm actually you on this new program called Octavia. And it's it's kind of like a meal replacement thing, and I, it pretty much cuts you cuts your calories in half, but it just fills you up with the nutrients your body needs. But I just kind of cuss. It's almost like the keep ketosis diet, ketone diet, keto diet. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Anything podcast related or otherwise? Well, my my youngest uh, child and I have been on a Marvel kick here lately, so I just introduced him to Infinity Wars the other day, and the little little angel finished it without me while I was asleep. So, with the movie or the books, the movie. Okay, awesome. The movie. Awesome. So you know, we we didn't get I didn't get a chance to watch his reaction to the very final scenes. You know, <laughs> when it really goes down. So he robbed me of that. But we're but we've been I've been introducing him to a lot of Marvel movies here lately. Ah, cool. So that's been fun. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Groot. 
<laughs> that's the one that got me. <laughs> oh man, that's a good movie. I can't wait for the the sequel. Oh, to come they, the trailer. They say that the trailer is supposed to come out Wednesday. Oh, I guess we'll finally learn the title. Oh. I haven't seen the first. I haven't seen Infinity Wars yet. Oh, what are you waiting for, dude? I think it's on Netflix. Go watch it's now. It comes on Netflix Christmas Day. Yep, exactly. Oh, also we have Captain Marvel coming up, but that, that's going to be awesome too, right, Cal? Cal Jones? Absolutely, it's going to be awesome. 100%. <laughs> Do you have, sir, have anything podcast later or otherwise? Well, you did a fantastic job earlier talking about discussing network, but I would also point anyone who is a fan of YouTube to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash discussing network and also youtube.com slash discussing trek awesome guys and I also say check out the relativitypodcast.com from our friend Lee Shackford who has an audio serial which you'll find me and Kyle Jones own as well okay everybody thanks for joining and until next time guys Live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe.